Hello everybody and you're all very welcome to this week's edition of the Now From Barra podcast. This week's guest is Pat, Patho Whelan. Um, Patho is a lifelong member of the of the Now From Barra GAA club and is, is more widely known as the, the fullback and the senior hurling team. Patho, how are you doing? Not too bad, Johnny. All good and yourself? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. You out enjoying that weather? Yeah, it was the last couple of days. Uh, back at work today, unfortunately, so... I uh, didn't get to enjoy today as much, but I think I'm, I'm nearly at that typical early stage of saying it's, it's getting too warm, you know. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> start. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Right, we're going to go straight into a part of uh, So, look, just a couple of questions. Uh, take us back to the beginning and, and tell us how it all started treating Finbars. Yeah, so, um, initially it would have been, uh, I would have started off with soccer, really. Um, I remember my father put me into Bohemians around, must have been around seven years of age. Um, but he, he would have been a big Dublin fan anyway, so I think the, the GA was always coming at some stage for me. Um, but I think, like, if I remember quite the one time when I started, would have been, I was about 14 years of age, so probably late enough starting um, compared right. to some of the lads. But there was a, a summer camp on, and my mother had set me up just to kind of, you know, get me out the street or whatever with the school break. And I went up actually thinking it was football, believe it or not. <clears throat> no intention of going Horland, they hadn't a clue. And when I got there, it was Horland. And I remember Paul McManus was running it, and he seen me kind of not joining in when I started. I was saying, I don't play Horland, you know. And yeah. he says, Do you know what you do now? And he handed me, uh, he handed me a first 37, I think it was. And uh, I just got stuck in, and I loved it. Loved every minute of it. And I think. Yeah, so uh, so you only started playing at 13. 14, really. Like, I played, like, the, the lads out of class would have got me up to play for the club, I think, once or twice before that, but literally just stuck for numbers. I would have just jumped in and probably barely touched the ball, let's say, two or three times before that. But, um, as I said, that's summer camp stands out to me now, and I kind of knew my soccer days were numbered, you know. I just loved it, and uh, yeah. couldn't get enough of it from then on, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you just mentioned your skill there. Did, where, where did you go to school with the lads out of Inverse, or...? No, I was actually in school in uh, Vincent's in Glasnevin. Um, it would have been a big Nafina stronghold at the time, but whatever it was, there was there was a good gang of us there from Finbars during that time. Um, like in the school teams are mainly made up of Finbars lads, which would have been unusual for that school. They'd be more Nafina here than Zoyle, you know. So yeah. uh, lads of Finbars that were on the school team were kind of encouraging me to go up as well, a good bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And did you play Gaelic football at all, Paolo, did you? Yeah, I would like I said initially I, I'd intended on playing Gaelic football because you know the crossover from soccer probably would have been more straightforward. Um, but yeah, I loved playing. I played both all the way up. Um, I'd say till I was about 26, 27, I kind of knocked the football on the head and just concentrated on the hurling. But I would have played a bit of both most of the most of the way through, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when Paul Mac handed you the the so he's thirty seven, that's when you knew it was real. Yeah, them two weeks it just it was mad, you know, like I was coming home and I mean what I was saying, Jesus, what is going on up there? Because my hands would be cut to bits and everything. But I think I just I just loved the the kind of it was brand new to me initially like, first of all, and then like I just loved the physicality of it as well. Uh, yeah. I got addicted to it straight away nearly, you know. I was playing for every team I could then, like the teams that were a bit older than me or the skilled teams, any anywhere I could get a game and I was going, you know. Good stuff, good stuff. And who was the biggest influence on you growing up in Finbars? Um, I think like from from the very, very early stages, uh, Paul Mac definitely would have been one. Um, Paul used to run these these Wednesday sessions and, um, you know, if you had a half day in school, you'd go to it. Um, yeah. so it was kind of for lads and probably 13 up to minor. 
and every Wednesday you just look forward to this. And himself and, and Paul Turner actually ran them sessions, and you go up and they'd have the nets all set up, the pitch there ready to go. You might do one ball walk drill, and then I was into a match, you know. And as I said, you'd be playing with some of the older lads there, <clears throat> um, so you're kind of out of that comfort zone, your age bracket, and that. And I just I love them sessions. So them two lads definitely. And uh, yeah, I don't know here's the bench is, is big Aussie Lord wrestling. Uh, yeah. You mentioned a lot for this for this question, but it's it's just speaks volumes, you know. Yeah. Um, I'll actually yeah. give you a good one about about Gazi when I was starting off. Uh, yeah. It was put under fifteen. I got I got sent off in the matches I often did back then. Unfortunately, for uh, <laughs> I remember I done the whole took the jersey offshore on the ground thing. You know, probably the soccer player was still in me at that stage. Yeah. I remember Gazi coming down just just very quietly came down the sideline and he just said to me. Uh, you know, pick the jersey up like a good man, stick it back on you or put it in the bag, whichever, you know. So I wasn't going to ask a question that. So I remember putting it back in the bag and he just shook my hand. He said, you know, we don't, we don't kind of uh, disrespect the jersey kind of thing, you know, in a very friendly way. And yeah. it was a, I got the message, you know, it was definitely a, a yeah. but that was an example how he'd always kind of, trying to teach you what the club was about, you know, and that, absolutely, the yeah. for the respect for the jersey number yeah. one. And as I said, that was kind of, one of the one of the memories I have of the man, one of many. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I I read the poem there now that uh, that you wrote about Gozzi when he when he sadly passed away there now on Jesus. Even even reading it now, I, I couldn't help you touch by it now myself. You know, uh, is that something you hold strongly in your heart? Yeah, definitely. Like I think, like everybody, like obviously when when Gazi passed, a huge huge effect on everybody. You know, obviously not the yeah. family, but just as the, as a club point of view. Um. He was definitely such a big part of everything we were doing. Like he was a teammate as well. I think people forget. Like he was on that senior panel uh, in 2011. Yeah. You know, he was probably more folks than junior, but we definitely had called him up to get us out of a few holes. And I bet that man, you know, um, yeah. Just like the the, the pawn kind of. I think myself and a friend of mine, Dan Russell, were, were in the local that night, and he kind of said to me, "You know, I done a, a few of them in school," and he just said, "You should write a poem," you know. So kind of the that night, finished it the next day, and didn't really think much of it at the time, but. I think got yeah. a hold of and just kind of, you know, they, they enjoyed it. So, yeah, yeah, good pound, fair play to you. Um, and just on the on the red cards thing, now uh, you just mentioned there, good friend of yours asked me, he, wa- he wanted to know, did you ever keep a record on how many you picked up when you were a kid? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't. I think I probably lost count. I definitely had a bad run of it uh, when I was younger. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I never kept counting. Oh, thank God. Hopefully, nobody has. <laughs> Right, right. And tell us about uh, the Phantom. What, how did that come about? What's the Phantom all about? Was, uh, the Phantom was a, was a kind of mythical character, I suppose, that, that turned up in the dressing room. It was mainly around pre-season. And, uh, he would be playing all sorts of pranks on people, you know, like gear would go missing. I think fellas' cars, where there was plant pots left on cars, not a big heavy ones out of the club. And yeah, people yeah. People stuff wrapped in cling film. I never, I never found out where he went, actually. He disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I heard, I heard he had his own Facebook page. And all he had, yeah, he was, he, was, he was playing pranks on people from all sorts of angles. Um, <laughs> I them people, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I never found out who it was myself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, just as you mentioned there about Paul Mack and Gozzi and Paul Turner and, and you know, how, 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 they, how they taught you along the way. And, like, uh, that was a big part of, I suppose, their way of how they were brought up and, I suppose, how the community is as a whole. But, yeah, uh, how important do you think that is in the club? How important do you think the club is to the community? Ah, it's like it's it's everything, you know. It really is. It's kind of you know, it's 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 a focal point for everybody. 
Um, it, it's, it's always try to kind of it's leaves the door open for everybody to come in and get involved. We're always recruiting. Um, I think that was the biggest difference to me. I think coming from a soccer boxing background and realizing like this is not you're not just kind of not a stepping stone to somewhere else. This is it now. You know, this is where you're gonna play. This is your club. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you know, and, and like Finbar is not about the place to learn that in. Like, it's just it's such a big family, and I said I was taken in by him easily, and probably the best decision I ever made joining the club back then. You know. Yeah, yeah, fairly good. And then when you were out poking around as a kid, and you you were saying hurling is for you, you know, and you loved the hurling. When you were out poking around as a kid, what what player did you aspire to be? Um, I think like back then, I, when I was younger, I, I would have watched a lot of hurling, you know. Um, my dad's uncle, a man named Morris Smith from Tractor Road, he would have brought me to a, a lot of matches. And unfortunately, Dublin weren't really in the big games back then. Um, so yeah. I would have been taken in a lot by that. that remember that Clare team in the 90s and the, the early team? Oh, yeah, yeah. Likes of Shawnee McMahon and all. Fantastic holders. Um, really were James O'Connor. Likes of them. I would have really looked up to them lads and uh, yeah. loved, loved that style of play, you know. Yeah, yeah, they were an excellent team. They were the real in team at the time, weren't they? Are they were. There was just something about them, you know, that you just you, you're you're up for them. Like even though I know no real connections to Clare and like that, but you just love to watch them. Mm. They were so honest about how they went about and the underdog team. Yeah. You know, we just kind of latched onto that. Yeah, they had everything. They gave a hundred percent all of them, didn't they? He did. Yeah, they had every type of character as well. You did stylish players. They had the, the the battle rams. They had everything going for them. You know, it was just sheer heart. Yeah, but very good. Yeah. Yeah, so what's your most memorable occasion in a Finbar's jersey as as a child? Uh, as a child, it probably would be, I'd say it'd be the failure, you know. Um, mm. Particularly, like, I just I just love the whole kind of festival atmosphere to a failure. You know, we, we would have done a, I remember doing a parade from Parnell Square down O'Connor Street and then you'd start our games the next day and, you know, you'd play two yeah. or three matches a day. Um, you actually won, won a hurling and a football failure back then. I don't ask what division it was now, but... I think it was a, an all right standard, but I just remember um, just the whole kind of carnival atmosphere for the weekend. Uh, yeah, I wasn't long in the club, so again, it was new to me, but um, just finishing with something at the end of it as well. I think that was probably my favourite memory as a juvenile, it would have been the failures, you know. Yeah, sure, the failing, I was looking all Ireland to the kids, isn't it? It's gone mad now, yeah, and I mean, it's great to see because I think, like, you know, you join a club, uh, whatever age it is now, tiny thoughts all the way up. I think the fail is your first real taste of, of a real competition, you know. It's getting you ready for championship that's going to come down the line. And, uh, yeah. you know, clubs put a lot of emphasis into it, and rightly so, because it's a it's a very important age group to kind of nail down, fellas, and very important yeah. development, you know. So, it's yeah, it's a great competition. And a great occasion as well. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your most memorable occasion in a Finbar jersey as an adult? Oh, that's an easy one. Um, <clears throat> 2011 championship uh, senior B. Uh, Holland champion, yeah. we won 100%. Um, yeah. There's something that'll stay with me forever, I think, you know. Yeah, were you the captain of that team, were you? I was, yeah, yeah. I was lucky enough yeah. captain that year. Um, the manager at the time, Dave Fowler, he asked me to do it. Yeah. I remember, I was, uh, I think I was over, I was over in Glasgow for a Celtic Rangers match late in the night now and I got a phone call, you know. <laughs> and uh, he asked me to do the job. I was only 23 at the time, so... I was kind of a yeah. little bit intimidated starting out, to be honest. Like, there was lads on the team 10, 12 years older than me, and kind you know, yeah. of being put forward as the captain and that. But no, it was a, it was a huge honour, absolutely huge honour. And one of my fondest memories, definitely getting that job, you know? Yeah, that must have been great walking up the steps of Parnell Park. Yeah, it was un- really was unbelievable. Um, 
as I said, like a lot, a lot of fellas kind of, you know, everyone get, kind of gets gets a turn at some stage uh, to do it. And everything yeah. happened to do it in a, in a very kind of significant year as well. But just like saying, yeah. walking up the steps, I remember actually at the final whistle, the stewards grabbed a hold of me straight away because they wanted the crowd off the pitch, you know, they wanted the A championship final to start. And I remember being up on the steps on my own. Well, it was, Andy Kettle was up there, Lord rest them, and... Uh, I was saying, Jez, I would have loved him to be down there. You know, a friend of your man told me I had to go. And he said, well, look at the view you have. Yeah. You know, and I got to look out where all the supporters, the players, everyone hugging everything. And he, yeah. oh, no one else has this view kind of thing. So that's that's a very important memory for me as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Who was the best player you ever played with? Best player I played with? Um, I think, like, I think any of the lads I played my team would agree as well. I don't think, like, there was one that was consistently the best every year, you know? Um, yeah. Well, if I was forced to pick one, I'll definitely go with a back being a back myself. Um, I think down forwards get too much credit, you know. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say, uh, Jay Dodgel is the best player I've played with. Um, there was definitely a period, probably two or three years there, and we were up in the A Championship, and he was just playing at a really high level, you know. He was marking lads that be like established Dublin players, and he was just going through them, you know. Um, yeah. So I think definitely around the, for that that period we were up there, he really because you know the, the highest level of club hurling in, in Dublin is the Senior A Championship, and yeah, he, he really stood out. He was one of the top players in Dublin for me at that time, anyway. Definitely, yeah, yeah, and still is, still is, still is, one hundred percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the best player you ever played against, and why? Um, I, I played against. I'd be supposed to be tempted to say somebody like Colin Keeney, um. Not really that I would have marked him much or not like that. We would have played against him every year, but we did a few times in the A Championship. And just in terms of what he achieved in the game, you know, he was yeah. he was a top player in Ireland. Like he was one of those players. Even when the, the bad times at Dublin, he'd have walked into most county setups or any county setup really. Uh, yeah. But someone I suppose someone I would have played against more regularly. We seem to play Pats all the time uh, for a couple of years. Like I mean, we seem to play them two or three times a year after that championship final. Um, yeah. A player called uh, Shane Stapleton who was yeah. a big, kind of fast, strong guy, very skillful player, and he was just a nightmare of a matchup for me, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So I think he, he would have given me a few sleepless nights, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. well, he's given a, a few defenders a few sleepless nights, now. sure. Yeah. He's playing down in Kilkenny now, and he's lord now, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a top player. Yeah. yeah, he's a top player, are uh, Your favourite sporting personality? Favourite? Uh, I'd say Roy Kane would be the one I'd go with. Um, be a big fan of a lot of different sports and all like that, but I'd probably keep coming back to him. I, I would have grown up in a fancy night you know. So yeah, I watched his career very closely, and I just kind of really loved his. Uh, you know, it was no, it was no nonsense approach to the sport. Really appealed to me. Um, I think he, he was a fantastic player, a fantastic leader as well. You know, it was more than just his talent; it was just his leadership was unbelievable. Um, yeah, very interesting character to follow, to say the least. Yeah. If you had to play any other sport other than GAA, what would that be and why? Uh, well, the, it would have been soccer when I was younger. Already. I think if, if I never got into the GAA, I would have liked to continue playing that. Um, yeah. But if it was now, I'll give you a laugh now with this one. Uh, it, it would actually be baseball, believe it or not. Yeah, baseball? Yeah, yeah. I played over here for a year for the team, yeah. And, uh, right. Oh, I, was just, I, I said to myself, this is going to be hard and we're out there running. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't fair enough, you know, but I gave it a go for a year because it would be big interest in that and the Americans. Yeah, and uh, yeah, really enjoyable now. Really enjoyable. How did how did that come about? How did you get into that league, or how did you even get down to play baseball? Or I literally just I, having a big interest in it, and I think I came across a Facebook page. You know the way these your phones could be listening, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it, it advertised the uh, 
this team in Dublin looking for. I couldn't believe that it even got played in Ireland, you know. And yeah. uh, there's actually a proper league set up the whole thing, like you know, it's exactly as you see on the telly. And I went, Jeez. I done a few training sessions with me, showed me the ropes, and just threw me in, you know. And uh, just like, just, I just really wanted to learn more about the game, more so, you know. Yeah, yeah, an interesting kind of time. But the, the only problem with it is that the matches go on for three and a half hours, so it didn't really work for ourselves telling them I'm going off to play baseball for far. <laughs> 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 you know, the whole bad enough trying to get out of the game of Hurling right now. That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's the biggest legend in Finbars? Biggest legend, um, from a comedy perspective, now I'd say there's two or three definitely names in the hat, but uh, probably on a more serious note, for me, I think it, I'd have to say it's Eilish Langham. Um, yeah, he's just done it. The, the work she's doing, you couldn't measure it, you know. Uh, yeah. and still doing today, like she's kind of at that stage now where she should be able to put her feet up and let someone else do it. Let one else do it, but now she's in there, she's plugging away, she's she's trying to improve the club drivers forward, even still. Yeah, and now better person to do it, you know. I'm very lucky to have her there, absolutely. Absolutely. What is your biggest strength as a player? I'd say it would be uh, fielding a high ball, would have been uh. My, my biggest strength, you know, I wasn't the fastest yeah. like that, so uh, I kind of just had a knack for a high ball. And the kind of like I used to say to the lads, that's great because he says, You can be marking a fella, you might get one, two, one, three off. You catch two or three high balls, fellas tell you you had a stormer, you know. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, people seem to, they, they like to see, and it stands out, you know. And you, so I said, If I catch two or three balls, I'll, I'll be all right, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great skill to have. Yeah, yeah, probably. People are probably going with the horn more so this stage. Like you watch the intercounty game, there's a lot of batting down, but you do get the odd big one, and it gets a bit of a it gives the team a lift, you know, gets a good draw up in the crowd. But it's definitely a skill I'd love to see more. Yeah, yeah. Your funniest story you can remember in the club? Well, the funniest story I think I have is we were playing a friendly out in um, Bray Emmett, I think it was, and uh, I remember we were, I was getting thrown in, and on Fogarty. Young lad at the time was playing with favourites and uh, he won the ball from the throw in, you know. And next yeah. thing I'm kind of looking at him and he's making a dart towards Ergo with the ball, you know. So, yeah, what's this fella doing? And even the fella was marking him stopped. And next minute he takes a shot on his own goal, right? <laughs> and uh, thankfully it just sailed wide by about a millimetre. But uh, he just, we, we were all so confused at what happened. We were like, what in the name of God is that happening here? And I think I kind of let rip at him at the time, kind of telling him to wake up or whatever. But even the referee was in lots of laughing. And he just said, uh, no 65. He said, just put the ball out me, get going. He didn't know what to do, you know. But, uh, ah. that one. <laughs> uh, what would you like to improve on most in your own game? Uh, definitely pace. It wasn't something we ever really had, to be honest. Um even when I kind of got probably a level of fitness, but I never got the speeds, you know. I, I would have loved to be able to add that to my game. I kind of spent a lot of the time maybe compensating for that um, by working on other areas, but uh, that's definitely something I would have loved to add. I would have loved to have it. I'd be looking at fellas flying around the place there and I'd be jealous of them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What do you love most about the current game? Um, I suppose for Holland, I love the fact that it hasn't really changed, you know, um, in terms of the rules. Like, I think it's kind of stood up to test the firm, really. Um, obviously, the tactics and stuff have changed, but you look at what they're doing with football now, and I think it's great that they haven't meddled too much with the hoarding, and I wouldn't like to ever see it happen. Um, I think yeah. It's, it's Obviously, it's a different sport almost to football, but yeah, I'd hate them to go meddling with that and start bringing in mad stuff to try and 
you know, you prove it as a spectacle. I think it's it's perfect the way it is and on the long way I can take yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very rarely like compared to football that tactics can beat the better team, isn't it? Like the better team who wants more nearly always wins the game of Horland. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think it's it's uh it's it's probably more open than than, than football in a way. You know, football is very a lot of systems and, and and game plans, whereas Horan you can start out that way, but very quickly it'll be a dog for you and it's kind of just the best team wins, you know. Yeah, yeah. What what frustrates you most about the current game? Um I think well maybe from a club point of view, I, I would definitely say uh that I think that the fixture schedule can leaves a lot to be desired, you know, for the club player. Uh, yeah, I think like as a player myself, he used to frustrate me something terrible that like, and it kind of came it was ironic that it came with Dublin's success in the football. That the longer that went, they went down in the championship, the more uh, the club game gets held up, you know. Yeah, um, and I think like I think when you're trying to compete with other sports to get people involved and uh, stuff like that, I think it's going to come really going against us like that. You could be waiting all summer to play a championship match. Um, I think, yeah. I don't get me wrong. I wouldn't have the answers for it, uh, how to fix it, or I wouldn't envy the person mm. that has to. But I think something needs to be done. I think it's kind of it's coming to a head now, with uh, especially with Dublin going so far in the championship. That I just think the club player needs to be needs to be kind of treated a bit better on the fixture front. Have a bit of a- yeah, you you train all winter and play. You miss the summer where it should be the most competitive games of your life, and you miss them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What's the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received. Um, I remember uh, I think we were at Dublin Development Training, and um, there's a lad there. I can't even his name. I think he's from Crumlin, Pete or something. I don't know if you know him. Maybe Peter. Peter Elliot. That's who it was, yeah. And I remember he was uh, he was talking to us about you know kind of as a back, and he was saying about how you know you don't have to go out and dominate every every opponent. He says you can go out and just spoil an opponent as a back. And have a good yeah. I'll just stop him playing. But he kind of yeah. said as a throwaway comment, but it's something I always kind of kept in my mind because I was like, I don't have to do it, you don't have to do anything flashy, you know, you can just kind of break even with your man and stop him doing his thing. And uh, yeah, you know? yeah, I think that helped me a lot, especially in big games. You'd be nervous, you'd be saying, Wait, no panic, just go out and kind of uh, get the grips with him first, and then you can grow into the game that way, you know. So that was good advice for the, for, for the defender, you know. Yeah, yeah, good sound advice. Uh, Peter knows his stuff. He does indeed, yeah. yeah. Right, we're on to the quick fire round part, all right? Yeah. So, these are all questions now. So, your occupation, what do you work at? I work as an engineer. Right. Favourite food? Chinese. Favourite thing to drink? Guinness. Come on. <laughs> Chinese and a Guinness together. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm retired now. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite day of the week? Sunday. Favourite month of the year? Uh, May, Championship month, May, yeah. I think. Do you have any pets? I have a dog, Lizzie, yeah. Little Bijan Fries. Okay. If, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, uh, run faster, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite companion if you were stranded on a desert island? Oh, I'll have to say the wife and my son. Very good. If she wasn't around, let's say, and you could bring anyone, who would you bring? Nah, I'd bring me mad. Um. Club or county? Club. Henry Shefflin or TJ Reid? TJ Reid. Dermot Connolly or Alan Brogan? Alan Brogan. Favourite playing position? Fullback. Favourite music? 
Bob Dylan. Favourite film? Oh, Shawshank Redemption. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Milk chocolate. Favourite Irish ballad? Uh, probably The Town I Love So Well. Do you sing it after a few points? I sing one version, then I forget, you know, someone usually bells me. <laughs> like us all. Yeah. Uh, what makes you laugh? Uh, a, good, a good wind up, I think, you know, a good prank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what favourite way to relax? Uh, music, I think, listen to music. What's your biggest regret as a player? Biggest regret? Probably, um, I think, probably, probably not, probably. You know, giving more kind of precedence to the, the fitness side of the game, you know, and kind of the gym work and that. I really just done the bare minimum with that. It wasn't something I enjoyed um, really yeah. about the game, you know. It kind of had to be done more so, whereas you see some fellas, they love going to the gym, they thrive in there. But probably, yeah, probably yeah. Be fitness a bit better if I, if I could go back. Yeah, yeah. And the final word we conclude on this part, what advice would you give to all young hoarders and Gaelic footballers and Finbars? Um, I think it'd definitely be something around commitment, you know. Um, I think, like, the current game now, the commitment levels are gone through the roof um, compared to what they were, you know. Um, yeah. It'd be just to tell them that it's worth it, you know, like that. If you you never regret the kind of sacrifices you make, only the ones you didn't make is what I always said. And, and it's true. Yeah. You look back now and, you you know, you're glad the good days you got over and came out a lot of hard work and that. So just to kind of... Yeah. Commit themselves fully, make the sacrifice because it will be worth it. You'll definitely pay off, you know. Yeah, yeah, sound advice. Well, anyway, that concludes the the podcast. Anyway, Pato. So, listen, I'd like to thank you for the uh, for for taking the time out to do the podcast with us, and um, I wish you all the very best of luck. And sure luck, we'll probably see you up in the club soon. Yeah, well, Johnny, thanks a million. All right, Pato, thanks, mate. God bless. Bye, bye.